going, church? We okay? Ah, I'm not trying to falsely give you any kind of flesh fire or anything. However, do I need, what's that? Somebody give us a whoop whoop? Oh, yeah, nice, nice. All right. But uh, I'm going to ask that one more time, and I want to preface it because today is Resurrection Sunday, right? And, and what I love about the fact that we get to worship a God that is real, that has shown himself throughout history, it, we don't have to, like, have blind faith. We actually get to serve a God who came in the flesh fulfilled hundreds of predictions or prophecies about him uh, like were written over a few thousand year period prior to him ever coming over 300 of those he actually fulfilled from where he would be born to what he would do when he was alive to how he would die and when he died he died uh, i mean a, a horrible horrible absolute ter- just just tremendously bad death i mean we to describe it if you've ever seen the passion of the christ I understand that that movie, as bad as it was, as graphic as it is, doesn't really do justice to what Jesus actually had to go through. And so he does all those things. And he says, guys, I'm going to have to go through these things, and I'm going to come back and and rise from the dead three days later. He does that, right? Amen? Come on, we got to wake up on this. This is Resurrection Sunday, baby. So he does all that stuff, and he actually, and he lives, I mean, for 40 days, he, he's, witnesses, he's witnessed to over 500 people saw him. And they, their lives, when, when he died, they all ran in fear because of, of the persecution that was coming. Man, they all went back to fishing or whatever they were doing. They were, they were scared to death, but they saw him alive. And after that, man, their lives were changed. They, they walked around with a, an incredible confidence, an incredible, like, like you can't even kill me type of, a, type of an attitude. They had some swag, right? Serious swag. So that being said, man, all that stuff that happened so that we can be here and enjoy that salvation, not just enjoy that, but have the honor to be a disciple of his and learn what it means to obey. I'm going to ask that again. How are we doing, New City Church? Thank you very much. Amen to that, man. This is a glorious, awesome, amazing time that we, in fact, a, a great time in history for us to be able to do what we're doing in the church that we get to do this in confidence. Amen. By the way, my name is Casey. <laughs> I'm one of the pastors here. In case I didn't meet everybody, I got to see some new faces I didn't meet yet. Please grab me afterwards. Love to meet you because we've got a church that's growing like crazy right now. We've had about 100 visitors that have come through over the last couple of months. We've had lots and lots of people coming. Had a packed service last time, almost a packed service this time. First service, there's a lot of people. We had a sunrise service this month. You guys are maniacs coming out in this kind of weather, right? Right? All right, yeah. Give yourselves a hand. Yeah, that's right. So here's what I want to do. Uh, we've been going through what's called the story, right? And the story is an abridged version of the Bible that's, uh, we're actually almost through, uh, almost finished with the story, but we started like in Genesis and have gone through now the, the starting in the, the Gospels, and we're actually starting right now, starting about the resurrection today. And the, the story, if you don't know what it is, is an abridged version of the Bible. It doesn't replace the Bible. Because we believe the Bible is the inspired, inerrant Word of God. Amen? And so this is what we believe. But we want to help that. Maybe the story will help some people understand the little bit the Bible a little bit better. Since it's kind of written. We've got the highlights of it. and got written in chronological order. And that kind of thing. In the, in the early church, there was a guy named Paul. 
that didn't know Christians, that, that didn't know God, didn't know Christ, and he persecuted Christians, actually killed Christians. And so here's Paul. He's a guy that's on the road to Damascus. Jesus appears to him and says, hey, why, Saul, why are you persecuting me, right? And Paul, Paul's kind of like, I'm not doing anything to you. I'm doing, anything to your, doing stuff to your followers. But when he does stuff to his followers, he's doing it to him. But he becomes a, a Christian and a follower of Jesus Christ. He's aware of the resurrection. He sees Jesus in his glorified self, right, and becomes the most prominent writer of the New Testament. So it's a great testimony to what Jesus actually did. And here's what Paul said in 1 Corinthians, starting in verse 15, uh, starting at chapter 15, verse 12. And he reminds the church of this very fact that Jesus has been raised and he has appeared to over 500 people. And he's talking to some of those people that actually saw Jesus. And so in verse 12, he says, but, everybody say but. But if it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead, how can some of you say there is no resurrection of the dead? See, the church, early church was struggling with some things that the American church is struggling with. Some of the early church actually struggled with the fact of Jesus' resurrection. Some of us struggle with the fact of Jesus' resurrection. Here's the worst thing, though. Some of us struggle with knowing intellectually that Jesus rose from the dead and don't go, oh, dang, Right? That's heavy, right? That, but they don't have any sense of awe about it. There's just a, yeah, Jesus rose from the dead, and I believe he's a risen Savior. And it's like, well, wait, 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 let's back up. Jesus rose from the dead, right? Holy smart. I mean, this is wild stuff. And so he's telling them this. If there is no resurrection of the dead, then not even Christ has been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your preaching is useless. Thanks a lot, Paul. And so is your faith. And y'all can thank Paul as well. See, because in other words, what he's saying is, go home. There's no need to be here if Jesus has not been risen. There is no Christian doctrine. There is no Christian teaching. There is no Christian way of life. It is based on his resurrection. Go home. There's no reason to come out in this junky weather, right? I mean, how, much, how many of us just got up mad this morning? Like, are you kidding me? I did. <laughs> I walked out snow God, it's spring don't you know that you know it's easter too right but you guys still showed up but there's no reason to show up if there's no resurrection do you understand what i'm saying this is where we're going to go here more than that when we are then found to be false witnesses about god for we have testified about god that he raised christ from the dead but he did not raise him in fact if in fact the dead are not raised for if the dead are not raised, then Christ has not been raised either. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is futile. You are still in your sins. Then those also who have fallen asleep in Christ are lost. In other words, those f- people that we miss that have gone, that have passed away, we have no hope of ever seeing them again. It's that important, right? If only for this life we have hope in Christ if only for this life we have hope in Christ, in other words, if this is all there is, if this is all the hope we have just for this, this side of eternity, we are, all, we are peop- of all people most to be pitied. In other words, guys, it is ridiculous to come and, and, and give yourself to Christ, give yourself to the Lord, act like a Christian, do Christian stuff. If Jesus has not been risen, you are to, to be pitied more than anyone see our faith is not based on a set of teachings although jesus did ask for there's a beat somewhere i'm sorry i'm, I'm having a heck of a time here i apologize i'm not trying to call anybody out but i hear one and it, whoop, whoop, whoop. There, but we're not we're not based on a set of teachings i got i got when i preach i got add right and by the way these lights are on those are off somebody take care of that 
And I changed that. That light's been off for like the last three services. That was the only one the other ones were lit. I mean, I just noticed it drove me crazy. So my apologies. I get distracted really easy, as you can tell. But our faith is not based, that's why I have notes. Our faith is not based on a set of teachings, though, is it? Our faith is not based on a set of, 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 of rules and regulations and you can't and you can and all that kind of stuff. It's not based on that kind of thing. Now, Jesus did say to go and make disciples, uh, baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything I've commanded you to do. So we do learn what it means to obey, but it's not based on the teachings, is it? It's not based on a set of uh, commandments, not even based on the Ten Commandments. How many people say things like, well, as long as I do the Ten Commandments, I'm cool. No, you're not, right? Because it's not based on that. Our, our, our faith is based, it's foundational on the resurrection of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Without the resurrection, we have no reason to follow Jesus. We might as well go home. See, Luke 24, and I love this because Luke is a, a writer of, the, of one of the Gospels called Luke. And he actually went around and talked to different people, interviewed different people, kind of like a, an investigative journalist. I love this. And, and so here's what he wrote in Luke 24, starting in verse 13. And in the story, page 383, it says in verse 13, now, now that same day, the same day of the resurrection, when there was a, uh, the women had discovered the tomb empty, two of them were going, on a, going to a village named, uh, called Emmaus. And this is two of his disciples from Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Uh, this is remarkable, and I'll explain here in a second. I think we talked a little bit about it last week, but man, seven miles because Jesus approaches these guys. If Jesus had been just passed out or something like that in the, in the, in the, you know, in the tomb or something and just revived, there's no way he could walk seven miles. But anyway, another story for another time. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them. Notice it didn't say limped along with them walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. He asked them, what are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them named Cleopas asked him, are, are you the only one visiting, in, visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there these days? He's like, dude, don't you read the newspaper? What things, he asked. What you talking about, Willis? About Jesus of Nazareth, they, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed. Before God and all the people, the chief priests and our rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all this took place. In other words, he told us he's going to be back, and I don't see him. In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but didn't find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and they found it just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. He said to them, how foolish you are. How slow to, slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not Jesus, did not, I'm sorry, did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and enter into his glory, enter, enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself. They approached the village to which they were going. Jesus continued on as if he were going further. It's like, nah, I'll check you guys later. i got to keep going. Like, no, no, no. They urged him strongly, stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. 
Then their eyes were opened and they recognized him and he disappeared from their sight. Can you imagine that feeling? Like you've been in grief, you're like, man, it's great talking to you today. Oh, you're Jesus. Where'd you go? Right? Oh. Then they asked each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he talked with us on the road and opened the scriptures to us? They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem and there they found the 11. It was the disciples minus Judas who had killed himself. And those with them assembled together and saying, it is true. The Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. And so, guys, here's the thing that we take away from this account of what, what happened when they found Jesus on, the, on this road. They, 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 there was this sudden awareness that he actually was risen. There was a boldness in what I call a godly swagger that we need to have. In fact, you can start filling out in your bulletins if you want to. Because once you realize the re- resurrection actually happened, you will have what I call a godly swagger. Now, I'm not talking about a swagger like, yeah, man, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a God follower and you're not, and I'm saved and you're not, you're going to go to hell and not me. Woo-hoo. I'm better than you, right? No, not, 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 not like that. Don't be like that, right? We're talking about a swagger and a confidence in the resurrection that we are going to need. See, our, our city's been on the, on the news a whole bunch this week. Did you know that? I don't know if you guys knew this or not, but the city of Edgerton is on the news a bunch. This was Thursday afternoon. I'm driving, uh, driving there. You know, I work for a roofing company. I got ladder racks. I'm driving along. All of a sudden, I hear, hey, 1,000 new jobs coming to Kansas City area. Talk to you in a second. I'm like, oh, that's interesting. That's pretty cool. And then they said, hey, Edgerton, Kansas, going to have 1,000 new jobs. Amazon.com is coming to Edgerton, right? Yeah, yeah, come on. I mean, that's, yeah, this is, this is amazing stuff, right? Edgerton, Kansas. We're going to now have more jobs than we got people living here. Did you, do you know that? Well, guess what's going to happen? What's going to happen when jobs start coming? Guess what's going to happen? People start coming. There's an estimate that I heard that they're expecting over the next five years, possibly 40,000 new people coming to this area. In, in this this area may not be just in Edgerton, but in this area, we're talking. I heard uh, Mayor Don on the radio. He's been on the TV and news all over the place. Mayor, he, on the radio, he said they were even talking about things like hotels, things like truck stops, things like all kinds of coming to Edgerton. Guys, what are we going to do with these people when they come? Do you understand the challenge that we're having? This is the challenge that I'm saying. New City Church, will God use us? need an answer okay cool (laughs) yeah you know i love answers when i ask questions will he use us or will he he will he will find his sheep he will use somebody and the question is is he going to use us or is he going to use somebody else and if he doesn't use us because we're not ready or because we're not prepared or because we're not diligent or because we're not really his disciples then i then i then i then i cringe at the thought and i'm horrified at that that kind of thought Man, I love the fact that he's bringing these people. Man, but the thing that I want us to challenge, and the thing that I love, the fact that we're growing, and the fact that we're being discipled, and the fact that we're learning about what it really means to be a, a follower of Jesus, I dig that. But I am telling you, man, the kingdom is about to grow. Are we ready, New City Church? Yeah, you guys know I like rap music and stuff, and I know that just drives some of you crazy. You can pray for me, but I like rap and heavy metal, so some of you heavy metal heads are 
All right. Well, I think that's got two favorite styles of music. I think it might be in Hezekiah 9, if I'm not mistaken. You look that up and check it out. So some of you are like, there's no Hezekiah. I know. But the, one of the greatest rap songs is a guy by a guy named Cash Holliston. It's by, he's out of St. Louis and not really well known in the Christian world or anything like that as a Christian, like, like Lecrae and Trip Lee and all them guys. By the way, this guy's got a Trip Lee shirt on. You the man. Word up. Um, but he says in his song, Lay It Down, he says, I'm mislabeled as cocky. Man, I'm just quick to brag on my Savior. Where do you think I get my swagger from? Is that not the coolest? I love that. Think about that. Where do you, you think I get my swagger from? Now, I'm not talking about the swagger where, where you got the people that are like too saved or oversaved. You, you know these people, right? You, you, ever heard of, you ever heard of the people that are, that are like too saved? You say, man, it sure is sunny outside. And all they can say, well, yeah, that reminds me of a lot of Jesus. Oh, come on, man. Yeah, I'm looking for my keys. Well, you need the keys to the kingdom, right? Oh, dude, come on. Shut up, right? You're driving me crazy. Don't be that guy. And if you are that guy, tell him you go to the church down the street or something. I'm, I'm just, just saying. Not really. Well, yeah, kind of really. I don't want to lie in church. I mean, I don't, want you to, I don't want you to be that guy, right? I don't want you to be the person. You ever, you ever watch Medea? The, the, the character Medea, Tyler Perry character. You ever see her? You know what I'm saying? Medea's hysterical, man. We watched this play one time, and Medea's sitting there going, that person is too saved. Like, what you talking about, Medea? I said, you ever called him on the phone? He's like, no. So said, well, call him on the phone. This is what their, what their message says. It says, glory, hallelujah, to all the saints who prophesy and spread the gospel by calling this holy phone number. So please leave a glorified message at the sound of the sanctified beat, and if this is a bill collector, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. Right? Don't be that guy. I want you to be... I want you to be like the guy that I, that I met 30 years ago that I never got his name. I'd love to tell you his name. I'd love to be friends with him on Facebook or fi- whatever. But this guy is my hero, and I don't even know who he is. When I was uh, growing up, I didn't know the Lord at all. I didn't, didn't go to church. Didn't, I mean, it was very rare. You know, we were, the, we were the Christer crowd, the Christmas and Easter crowd, right? And some of you are like, what you talking about? Um, you know who you are. I was that, even if we were probably even less than that, to be honest with you. So growing up, I didn't know the Lord. Growing up, I didn't have any, and it was a good American upbringing. I was, you know, it wasn't anything bad that happened or anything like that. I just, just didn't know Jesus. Uh, and and I, we called ourselves a Christian because, frankly, nobody else had called me a Muslim or something else. I mean, let's just be honest. And so when I got to college, I went to this small college in, in, in North, um, North Georgia, um, about 2,000 people in the college, real small college, and I think it had like eight churches around it. And so there were a couple of churches on campus, and, and me and my, my homeboys, we would be walking usually on Sunday morning, probably just got up, probably hung over still, and waiting for people to come out of church so we could pick on them. And waiting for people to, to step out and go, hey, Jesus freak how's your bible today you know you sing your little songs and and you know 99 times out of 100 they would grab their bibles and go leave me alone right like i'm gonna go tell my mom yeah get out of here punk you know that would be us one morning we surrounded this one guy he comes out of church and we're just picking on like yeah yeah this got one guy named alden he's like six foot seven i'm like the little sidekick going yeah 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 right and so we're talking to this guy, and he's like, we're like, you know, Alden's like, you're not really a Christian, are you? He goes, yeah, man, actually I am. 
And I love Jesus. I mean, this dude had swag, man. And, it, and, and we're like, oh, man, oh, are you going to read your little Bible and stuff like that? He goes, man, I read it every day. He goes, man, you guys want to come to church with me? So, I mean, he starts inviting us to church, man. We're sitting there picking on this guy. We're sitting there teasing this guy. I, I, making this guy, wanting to make this guy cry or something like that. And this dude's like, man, you guys ought to come with me. Jesus is, is, is real. I mean, he starts just laying it down, man. And we all walk off like, man, shut up, man. You just get on. You just go on back to jail. Do your little Bible study or whatever. We're all walking off trying to be tough. That's stupid. But in the back of my mind, I'm going, that guy got swag, man. That dude is gangster for real. And I use his memory a lot when I think about the confidence and the swagger that we've got to have in the resurrection going forward. See, because there are so many people, just like I used to be the, the persecutor of Christians, just like Paul used to be a, a, a persecutor of Christians, somebody who comes up and has all these alternative theories about the resurrection, like, like the disciples may have gone to the wrong tomb. I think they knew where the tomb was. It was the one that had all the Roman guards on it. Or something like, well, the disciples stole the body, but they still couldn't, if they, even if they stole the body, they couldn't produce a, a resurrected Jesus if they wanted to. Well, maybe Roman guards stole the body, but what would be the motive in the Roman guards stealing a body that would make them look foolish? Oh, you know, this is my favorite, one of my favorites. I hear this a lot. You know, they had some really strong weed back in the day. Man, I heard that's all organic, right? And these guys are like, had these first century bongs that got them really high, and they all hallucinated seeing Jesus. They're like, woo, right? I'm like, dang, that's like, I think it takes a lot more faith to believe that. But, but even, that, even if that's the case, I think when they come down off their high, they're like, man, did we see Jesus? Let's go check it out. They probably go back to the tomb and go, oh, no, he's still there. See what I mean? Some people say, like I talked about a little bit ago, like he, he, he swooned on the cross like he was on the cross, beaten, bloodied, hypovolemic shock, and he passed out. Whew. Went into a coma. Got into the tomb. It was cold. It was damp. <gasps> That was close. Took all his stuff off and everything like that. And, and yeah, oh, I'm okay, guys. Right? But if that's the case, then how would people follow him as a beacon of life overcoming death if they had to heal him and, and, and nurse his wounds for a couple of years to even get him to the point if, he, if it was all possible? It just doesn't make any sense. And, and knowing that the Roman guards and the Romans were experts at killing people, that doesn't hold up truth. See, something happened with these guys, with these disciples, that would make them go from scared, running away. You know, you think about all the, I mean, they just basically went back and they, were, they just deserted and they were, they were scared out of their gourds, right? Because now they were the hunted, now they were the ones. I mean, you think about Peter. I don't know this man, right? He's been watching Jesus getting beat, following him at a distance. Somebody, some, some servant girl comes up and says, hey, you're one of him. You're with, with him. No, I don't know this guy, right? No, not me. That's, a, that's not me, right? They're all scared. And they, they run away and when he dies, they're scattered and, and done. Yet something made them say the things in the Bible that didn't make, that, that they didn't benefit. Because some people say, well, I think they just lied. I think they just sort of wrote down so that they could not look foolish and they could get a good following and stuff like that. But when you realize what, you, what happens, so we, had, we had three ba uh, baptisms this morning. We had Kelsey, Dwayne, and Ben, man. Pray for them cats. Man, they were, it was awesome. 
But in the first century, when someone got baptized, they come up out of the water. Now, all of a sudden, the world is going to not just, not just they're not going to go, hey, great photo op. Yeah, we love you. Yeah, awesome. All of a sudden, they're hunted by the people. They couldn't hold a job. Their families would, 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 would kick them out of the house. They couldn't have, even have their testimony applied in court. They were that worthless of, the, of society. There was no benefit of the people that were going around saying, they, he's risen, he's risen. It's not like, hey, he's risen, I get a bunch of money. Hey, he's risen, I can write a bunch of books. It's like, hey, he's risen. Now I've got to run because they're coming after me. That's what happened. Matthew was impaled and beheaded. Bartholomew, these were his, his inner 12, right? Stabbed with a spear, all for the faith. Philip hung by hooks and ankles, and, and he was left, hung by hooks on his ankles, and he was left to die. James was beheaded in Palestine. Jude was crucified in Persia. Matthias stoned and beheaded. John, although persecuted mightily, was the only one to die of natural causes. James, James the less, thrown from a pinnacle and stoned to death. Simon, the zealot, was crucified. Judas Iscariot, we know, cru- uh, killed himself. And then you got Peter, who I talked about a second ago, who, who denied Jesus three times. And when he, I mean, literally was scared, was the one that we say, we say that guy was a scared guy. Man, how he died I mean, history shows that you can read this in Fox's Book of Martyrs. You can read this in all kinds. But how he died is absolutely stunning. They took his wife, they crucified her in front of him. And they said, he said, hey, Peter, here's what you're going to do. You're going to deny Christ and you can avoid this punishment as well. He said, you can't kill me. I've seen a risen Savior. And at his own request, he said, I'm not worthy to die like my Lord. Crucify me upside down. And they did it. Then you got the quiet one, Andrew, who I, I absolutely love this guy. He was the one that really didn't have a whole lot. He wasn't the jumping in on the water or walking on water type of guy. He was kind of a, a quiet one. He had a few things that he did. But, but they, uh, history says that when he went to the cross, and it was more of an X-shaped cross rather than a, uh, an upright cross, more of an X one, he actually embraced it and said, finally I get to die and have the same fate as my Lord and Savior. And they nailed him to it, and he preached on the cross for two days. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah, they just wrote that stuff so they could look good. Uh, no, they wrote it because it was true. That's the only reason to write that, because they didn't get any benefit from the world out of it. Well, and the last one I love, oh, that's just impossible. People don't die, rise from the dead. I hope it's impossible. Because I don't want to come out in the snow and preach and start ministries and disciple people and all this kind of stuff if it, God is only, only able to do what's possible for man. That's a ridiculous, ridiculous notion. Amen? So we're going to conclude with this, man. I want you to be thinking about these things. Because I love Jesus for what he did. And we get to laugh and we get to enjoy and celebrate. But, but after today, guys, I want us because we can and we get to we don't have to we get to follow jesus with a bold confidence in the historic fact of his resurrection we know god's truth because the resurrection of jesus has proven his claims we can truly walk with that godly swagger in the knowledge of the resurrection we're gonna need it church people are coming we got to be ready in confidence. Remember, don't be, that, don't be that guy, right? 
but be somebody that has the confidence and the swagger. And see, here's what I want you to do. You guys got a, got a connect card. If you are a visitor, I hope you got handed one. But here's what I want you to do. Hold up a connect card, guys, if you would. That's a connect card right there. We want to connect with you, number one. But ultimately, what we want you to do is connect with God. It's not about a social club, although the fellowship is amazing. It truly is about a walk with our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, a risen Savior and a risen Lord. And so if you don't know the Lord, here's what I want you to do. I want you to put on your connect card with your name and your phone number at least. I want to know Jesus. And some of you have said, I ain't ready for that yet. I have questions about Jesus. That's cool too. For some of you that have been a saved follower or a, a Christian, but you haven't really been following maybe I should say, put down something like that, I need to mature. Put your name, put your number. Don't be the one who gets dunked and gets wet and then does nothing with your faith. God calls us to make disciples. God calls us to grow in the grace and the Lord of our, in, in the grace and the knowledge of our Lord and Savior. God calls us to do that. His word says to do it. For some of you have accepted, but you know, like, yeah, I've never really been baptized. Or I was baptized when I was a little kid, didn't really know what was going on. Put on your connect card, I want to be baptized. You may want to get baptized today. The water's ready, by the way. We had three, three this morning. It was awesome. And so I want us to be thinking, this resurrection for us, like that, like that, 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 is, that is impactful. It should give us a sense of absolute awe. Like, wow. Like, like yeah, man, we're going to celebrate the resurrection. No, we're going to celebrate the, the what? The resurrection of a, of a guy who died, a, a, a perfect man. Amazing. He is who he said he was. For some of us, if you need to put on your Connect card, um, yeah, I'm ready to, to, to disciple other people. I need to, need to step into that zone. Because here's what happens a lot of times, frankly, in church. Like, people think church is, like, optional. And it is. I, it's never about, you know, not coming or Sunday morning or this is all there is. It's about how we live our lives and make disciples throughout the week all the time. And I understand that. But here's what happens for most of us, or a lot of us. And this is the, the thing that horrifies me about the American church, quite frankly, is that no one has taken responsibility to teach somebody else what it means to obey. Like, I'm saved, I'm cool, to hell with everybody else. That's not harsh. Sounds kind of mean, doesn't it? But I mean, if Jesus went through what he went through, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, sent his Holy Spirit, that we get to walk with him all the time, uh, something that the great patriarchs of the Old Testament never really had in the way we have it. It's an honor and a privilege to be a, a Christian today that we get to walk with God all the time. And so if, if you're needing to step up in those areas, guys, I'm telling you, now is the time to decide. Make that choice. And if anybody needs to be baptized, Adam's going to be waiting for us up here. I think he might be changing, so I need to go a little longer. No. Oh, he's right there. Okay, cool. No, he might be, might be changing into your shorts. It's cool. Well, let me pray for us, church, and uh, man, we'll get this ball rolling. God, we love you. And we are amazed 
by your sacrifice, but we are more amazed by your resurrection from death. That you sat in a tomb for for days. And yet, you get up fully restored. And people saw you. Up to even 500 people saw you. And when Paul wrote that letter to the Corinthians, he was talking to people that had actually seen you in human form. Amazing. And so, Lord, as we are living our lives, this, may this not just be an Easter service that we, yep, did my duty this, this, uh, this year, I'll see you on Christmas Eve type of thing, but, Lord, may we step into the reality that you have risen. I mean, really risen from the dead. May we have an awe about that. May that just, tr- just knock our knees together going, wow. May we see you possibly for the first time the way you want us to see you. And anyone here that needs to be baptized, God, have them stand up and do it. There is no need to learn all this or get ready or anything. The first step is baptism, God. We decide, get baptized, then we learn to obey you. And so, God, may we be that church that does that. It is in your son's amazing and impossible and beautiful and risen name. Everybody at New City Church said, Amen.